There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm trying to remember if I've cried at a fashion show. No, but oh, I that did. I cried at the, Anya, at the Anya Hinmart show when she had the, the gay choir. Oh. And they sung, was it Wagner, Tannhauser? Oh, and I cried, but that was the music. Was that when we were on the cloud last season? No, it was like... I loved that. Yeah, I loved it. That was amazing. We cried. We were like, it's a cloud. It's a cloud. This is a cloud. It's amazing. I'm like, yeah, I cried at the cloud. How about the cloud? And he wrote, no, but he read the shipping forecast. Yes, which seemed like a very inside like, uh, joke for forecast. British people. I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter. Where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Fashion No Filter. Hi, Monica. Hi, Kemi. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Back we- from your honeymoon, tanned. Oh, thanks. Um... We're back in London, getting not tanned, but having a great time, uh, having just uh, experienced a wonderful London Fashion Week. Yeah. What's it, our 10th? Oh my God. Probably, it probably is around our 10th. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk to one of our friends, someone that we bump into every single Fashion Week and we always love running on, running into sorry, on the streets of Milan, Paris, London um, and New York. And we managed to grab her in between shows um, at her hotel room. We captured her. Yeah. So Jenny Walton, who is an illustrator and the creative director for The Satorialists, the famous street style blogger. Yes. And Jenny is very much a street style star in her own right and has such a unique sense of style uh, and such a brilliant voice in terms of talking about fashion. She's really educated on the history of fashion in a way that you don't always see these days. So she's a really interesting person to speak to. But before that, we're going to give you our little review of London Fashion Week. Let's do it. So what was your favourite show, Kim? My favorite show, I think, um, and I wasn't there, but it still was my favorite, was Simone Rocha. I thought the casting was, I mean, it always is. I always, I always, um, I always look at it online because I don't get invited to Simone. Maybe it's, maybe that's why I love it more. You know, it's like with boys when they, when they don't want to date you, you fall in love with them. Um, I just absolutely love her work. And this year, the casting was so, Stunning. There were women of every Agreed. age, every every size, every ethnicity, um, and they were not all models. They were like real women. There was Chloe Sivigny, um, there was um, like artists from New York, etc. I just there was Lily Cole who made a comeback. I just loved it. I always love yeah. her clothes. They're just. 
To me, it's like dream world. Yeah, it's fantasy and it's so creative and it's so native to London. Like, I just don't feel like that could exist. I feel like she's also really started the trend, you know, for those mesh, tall, sort of like balloony kind of dresses. Yeah. That kind of like, like, you know, the extra, extra large, Mm. but somehow still look super elegant. Yeah. I feel like she was one of the first to do that. I have to say, I really, really loved the J.W. Anderson show. Um, oh, was it your? Wasn't it your first one? No, no. I've been like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Times. I don't know why I just said that. Um, but it was every time is like the first time with J.W. Anderson. True. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you'd never been. That's so weird. No. It's because last year I had to go on my own. It's because last year I wasn't invited, and so I was very. Oh, happy sorry, to be sorry, this sorry, year. sorry. But um, no, I used to go all the time. Should we name to... and shame the shows that didn't invite us? Yeah, let's just call them all out. Burberry. Thanks Burberry. for not inviting us. Yeah, we would love to review Burberry, but we can't. But we don't know what happened, so we can't. <laughs> we have no comment. But I will tell you what happened to J.W. Anderson. What happened to J.W. Anderson? Uh, so. There were these fabulously impractical heels that the model the the models walked on a beautiful carpet that was meant to represent clouds, uh, and then there were little skyscraper slash rocks peeking out. So it was as if they were walking in the heavens in this on this beautiful like lush carpet. And everybody had been walking in the rain, so I know. <laughs> poor carpet. I know, poor carpet, but it was worth it. And uh, the the shoes were these gorgeous black heels with. Uh, tool or some sort of ribbon streaming off of them that would like flutter in the wind behind the girls and the dre- a lot of the dresses did the same thing so it had this marvelous effect as if they were walking through the heavens uh, with heavenly winds blowing through You're such a poet Monica riffling, what are you doing in the fashion industry <laughs> hair and clothes it was beautiful it was uh, someone else I have to say called it awkward elegance because awkward elegance it's it's an awkward walk when you've got... Um, I feel like you're the epitome of awkward elegance. Oh, Monica. thank you. No, but like, you I'm, are. Isn't that it you? It really struck a chord with me. I, <laughs> I thought to myself, why didn't I think of that? I love the term awkward elegance. Yeah, I think that is I think that is you. I'm going to call you that. I'm going to change your surname. In my phone. <laughs> because as my husband always reminds me, I don't have a great deal of coordination. Um but I would like to think that, you know, I have a certain amount of elegance in my, like... No, you're extremely vest- elegant. Extremely elegant. But you like, you, like, choices, you like the kind of... Not in the way that I particularly... You like intellectual clothes, that. which may be a misunderstood by, by, by the male gender. <laughs> so, it which really I, so it's awkward elegance, don't you think? Yes, exactly. Actually, I have to say, J.W. Anderson... Um, was the only show that I posted about. I, there was a trench coat that I absolutely I loved. Saying, I, I fell in love with it. A checkered trench. Yeah, it was beautiful. No, and actually, though the clothes were very layered upon one another and looked like you were on a runway, if you're going to wear it that way, with the hats and everything. Actually, if you take the pieces out of context individually, a lot of the dresses and trenches were super, super wearable. I mean, I'm obsessed with him and his I work. Mean, yeah, Louis is always the show I look forward to the most in Paris, yeah, I have amazing. to admit. It's amazing. It's what I wore to your wedding, Monica. You did, and you looked marvellous. And the dress is now in a museum. Uh, the dress in which Cami read from... God, I can't remember which gospel you read, which is really, really bad because it, I picked it really Shit, specifically. And I should remember that too. Oh, Cantique des Cantiques. Cantique des Cantiques. And it was beautiful. Anyway, we digress. I wish we'd recorded me. I wish we'd done a Fashion No Filter special with Cami's reading. Should we shout out um, the young, hip designers that people should be the trendy kids. taking note of? Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like we should, yeah. I mean, Matty Boven is always a favourite. Yeah. Super cool. Richard Quinn, I think the yeah. show was beautiful. Whose show was attended the by the Queen last yeah, season. Exactly. Um, Regina Pio. Regina Absolutely is love. so, uh, you know, she really understands what young women uh, today want to wear. I really feel that way. Um, I always look forward to what I sort of refer to in my own head as the London triptych. Uh, Erdem, Roxanda, Preen. I think that they, in three very different ways, represent London style. Uh, and they've all been creating beautiful collections for years now. I mean, they were the up-and-coming generation when I first got into fashion, but I feel that they've... It's weird for me, the triptych, I always see it was like, you know, the digital the digital uh, printers like Mary Catranzo, Peter Pilotto, I and love Chris them Kane. Well, they are, they're the other triptych. That was the, that's the other triptych. That's the other triptych. <laughs> it's a different triptych, but it's equally as important, and I love them as well. Okay, so next, I know what you're going to answer to this because you... you we talk about this every year. What was your favourite venue? Oh, you know what I'm going to say. Of course. Well, I'm completely obsessed with the National Portrait Gallery in London. And Erdem, for the past few seasons, has been showing there. In fact, I think I've written my stories. Please, Erdem, never, ever change your venue because I find it breathtaking. Portraits from, you know, the history of Britain and many other countries just staring down at you in these just beautifully curated rooms that you sit in the museum and then I always think that the models because you know Erdem is very sort of buttoned up and you'll have high collars they look like portraits that have come to life dramatic drapery coming to life yes well it it feels like the portraits it's something out of Harry Potter for er, this is my imagination running wild but whenever he shows in that venue I feel like the portraits have climbed out of their frames and begun walking the runway and they always get the girls to stand up really straight and have this sort of forlorn gaze like the subject of a portrait would so it really speaks to me and I love it and I think it's such a treat getting to getting to go yeah to the show I would there. say that my favorite venue was the Tate the Tate Britain also very the Victoria cool. Beckham show which we should have said like she's back in London huge deal huge deal huge why did deal. we we forgot about that and she's such a wonderful designer I mean yeah she really is like, she's really come I don't want to say come a long way because I feel like she was even. I mean, she, she was, was cool pretty before. Great when exactly, she was a I've always loved her. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, she's grown up. Yeah, and and the clothes are very grown up, um, and yet again wearable, and I, I and can work for a woman of any age. So love Victoria Beckham as well. There's a lot going on in London, actually. Actually, I think London is having a bit of a moment on the eve of Brexit. We have fashion to get us through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank goodness. Um, okay, well, this one is awkward because I was going to ask you what your favourite party, party was. And it's the first time in my whole history of being a fashion weaker that I didn't go out a single night. I was... Slow clap. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what's happened. I did go to the Brits yesterday. That wasn't fashiony though, but I did I did have a bit of a room. So we're relying Hang on Monica. Did you enjoy yourself at the Brits? Did I enjoy myself at the Brits? <laughs> Were you quite chuffed? I was super chuffed. I wore the most ridiculous white short feather. It was beautiful mini dress that made me look like I was straight straight out of I Tonya, which <sighs> is very fitting because like I the used figure to, skater. Yes, but but 
For those of you who don't who don't know this about me, fun fact, I used to be a pro figure skater she up was. till the age of 14. Confirmed. I didn't believe it. And then I saw photo evidence. Yeah. So that was going back to my roots. Maybe you can link to some photo evidence in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will post one. A picture of me and my little Justokoch. So what was your favorite party? Uh, I have to say the uh, YouTube party hosted by Derek Blasberg and David Beckham after Victoria Beckham's show and sort of in honor of Victoria Beckham at the Marx Club was so fun. Can I just interrupt? Yeah. I was on David Beckham's Instagram on the day of Victoria. Yes, she was. I was on his Instagram. In the background. In his stories because they sat me opposite him. that was the best photo bomb. We were wondering what the best photo bomb was. Oh my goodness. The best photo bomb of the whole of London Fashion Week was me photobombing David Beckham's Instagram, Yeah, he posted his wife's catwalk. He was sat right opposite me and I was wearing a bright orange Joseph coat. I'm not sure why I was wearing bright orange. Actually, that morning, I just... It, I, it looked great. I don't normally it wear... It was much photographed. I, yeah. Sometimes, we were both quite colourful that day. Sometimes on sometimes when it's London Fashion Week, you panic a bit and you're just like, okay, I'm going to wear orange. Yeah, because it's London and that's what's expected of you. But actually, you pulled it off with great aplomb. Um, I loved... The Victoria Beckham, David Beckham, Derek Blasberg YouTube party at the Marks Club because Victoria decided to do a little singing, harking back to her Spice Girl days. Um, oh, I'm with so sad I missed this. An alternative accompaniment of uh, for wonderful drag queens. Um, who were playing the other four? I Spice read on Girls. Derek Blasberg's Instagram that. Posh had a beard. <laughs> yes, yes, right. And he claimed not to have known that when he hired them. It was really something. It was actually um, probably one of the best Fashion Week parties I've ever been to. And I love how fun Victoria Beckham is. She's great. Yeah. She really is great. Okay, next. Who was your standout street style star this season? Well, actually, this is a big shout out to the wonderful Jenny Walton, who's coming on the show later. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, I think she always looks incredibly well put together and unique. And uh, look her up. Follow that lady if you don't already. I'm going to give you two. Okay. First, I always love Sarah Harris. Yes. She's like the anti, like, she's the epitome of grace. She always looks chic and like herself. Agreed. Which I think during Fashion Week is sometimes, I mean, orange coat, basically. Um, Wait, Sarah Harris also wore an orange no, coat? No, it's like only me would like suddenly pull out an orange coat out of nowhere when oh, normally I, I like wear neutrals. I, I really saying Sarah Harris wouldn't wear she, I'm saying coat. Sarah Harris would stick to her neutrals and... Sarah, if you're listening to this, I would like to know if you would wear an orange coat. (laughs) And my other um, standout street style star would be Penilla Tesbeck, the Danish um, stylist and influencer. She had given birth eight weeks ago and was staying in Soho with her husband, her two baby boys and her mum and looked so gorgeous. I love it. They're so sweet. She just packs up the family and everyone comes to Fashion Week and it makes it so nice. And I was asking her, like, are you not too tight? Because she looked like stunning every day. And I, I was sitting her, next to her at a show and I forgot that she'd just given birth. No, and I said I to had her, no like, because I, I said, are you tired? No, and she said, you know what? I, for me, it's really nice to get back into things. I think it's important because like some some women obviously would rather stay at home and and 
just you know have a little bit of a cocooning period but Which I think is totally totally of course, fair but I think she really liked being back to herself yeah and that's really nice too yeah exactly I think being true to yourself and what you really want in that kind of period is really important mm. well we'll find out won't we someday yes someday. we have absolutely no authority whatsoever on the subject as Zero. of yet but Zero. Perdilla is impressive um oh what was your best beauty look? I'm really bad at this because I never really noticed beauty. Yeah, it's really funny, actually. I I used to very occasionally write some backstage beauty stories for T Magazine um, a f- years ago. And I realized when I had to go backstage and interview the makeup artist, which was like this amazing opportunity, but uh, that I had paid absolutely zero attention to... Uh, to beauty, but it's because I really don't understand makeup myself. Me neither, and I just never know. Absolutely, I, yeah. no idea. Very bad at makeup. If anyone wants to teach us, <laughs> okay. So we're not. Let's not talk about beauty. Oh no, I have one. Though. Oh, go on, go on. I have one because I thought about it. Um, well, it's beauty slash head accessories. Um, I thought that the beauty look at Molly Goddard was amazing. Uh, Ooh, it was yeah. inspired by Thomas Another Hardy one we novels. Have talked about earlier, earlier, and the models were given these sort of heavily flushed cheeks that gave the, the, the impression that they'd been outside sort of wandering in a winter woodland for hours. And it just, looked, you know, that crisp, beautiful look. I don't Very know how English they rose. It. Very English rose. And then they were sort of wrapped in, a lot of them were wrapped in these cashmere schnuds. Schnuds. What is a I've schnud, Monica? That word. <laughs> what is a schnud? It's a scarf and a hood. Okay. Should. Actually, speaking Should. of Molly Goddard, that massive pink tulle gown, which is, um, you know, it's the same one that uh, that the actress wore in Killing Eve. Yes. Spectacular. I can't wait for another TV moment for that dress. I know. I know. Season, they're filming season two. Maybe she'll... We also wore <laughs> Molly Goddard dresses in our TV show. Oh, True. I forgot about that. It's a real honour to get to dress up in the layers, many layers of colourful tulle. Uh, I hope we get to do it again someday soon. Okay, because it's London and it rains the whole time, um, I want to ask you what your favourite waterproof look was. Ooh, Linda Tall. Oh. Did you see her Ganny hat? She brought. She came to London with a rain hat and I thought to myself... No, but I was going to say my favourite, and it's my favourite trend this year, actually... It's the bucket hat. I think it's really cool. But this was, it, it wasn't quite a bucket hat. It was oh, a no, maroon, hers, yeah, hers is not waterproof, a rain hat. I mean, it looked like something Christopher Robin would wear, and she looked so sweet in it. Christopher Robin. Standout street star star Christopher Robin. And Linda Tull. <laughs> Christopher Robin is a real inspiration for me in London, as is Paddington Bear. Well, see, I dress like Paddington Bear with my orange coat. Exactly. As is Mary Poppins. I don't know if you... Oh, yes. Your Mary Poppins look was also great. Mary Poppins look. Love a brolly. What was your favourite trend? Well, I can tell you what, my, what, what wasn't my favourite trend. <gasps> my, my, my least favourite trend was headbands. I've uh, always loved headbands, but I think... But you thought year, it got killed by two, oh my one goodness. too many. I, there were like... Seen hordes in the of girls with like you know yeah. not just a, like a little nice little <clears throat> waspy headband which yeah. is something I could imagine you in but you know I like these headband. huge headbands that almost look like something like yeah 
the like Queen of growth. England. It's, I, it's like a crown. Oh, or the Queen of England. Like I don't a, know. I'm just not. It's, it is. You know what? The problem with Instagram, and I genuinely believe that this is what it is, is that I think people get really tempted to just layer on as many trendy pieces as possible. And you look like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Like, pare it down. We talked to Jenny a lot about how do you how to pare down all of the trends, to sift through, and to decide what your actual style is. And I think it's so important. Nice transition, Monica. Maybe, does that lead us on to Jenny then? That leads us on to the wonderful Miss Jenny Walton, who we will hear from now. Enjoy the interview. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. 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 Welcome back. Fashion no filter rights. It's London Fashion Week. We've just managed to escape from our morning of shows on Sunday and we're having lunch with Jenny Walton. We've captured her. I've been taken away. (laughs) (laughs) And we're sitting in um, the Beaumont Hotel having a lovely time discussing Jenny's past, present, future. Yes. Jenny, how would you describe yourself today? Oh God! Um, I guess I would say I um, I like to say I'm the better looking half of the sartorialist. <laughs> 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 My fiance Scott Schumann might um, beg to differ, but uh, yes, I work with Scott on everything the sartorialist, um, and then I also do some fashion illustration um, on my own too. Did you follow Scott's work before you ever met him? I did. So I originally am from New Jersey, and then I moved to New York to go to Parsons um, School of Design to study fashion design, where I did my BFA. And so we were constantly looking at his blog. It was like the go-to place for inspiration. This was 2008 to 2012. So super popular. Um, We were all very familiar with his work. And then once I graduated, I uh, went to work at Calypso St. Bart as an assistant knitwear designer for two years. And so there as well, we were constantly looking at his work for inspiration, um, for different garments to do. I would go look back through the archives and pull different sweaters because I was doing knitwear. 
Um, and I had no idea what he looked like, though. So when I met him, it was a total surprise. I had no idea who this guy was. Um, but basically, our funny story of how we met is that um, I had been working at Calypso for about two years. And I lived down in Park Slope, which is like southern Brooklyn, and their offices were in Long Island City, Queens. So it was about an hour on the G train, which is famously the worst and slowest train (laughs) in New York. Um, And I felt like, God, I'm just never even in Manhattan anymore. You know, I moved here to be in the city. So I lied and said that I had a ticket to the Philip Lim show, which I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we all blagged our way into our first Yeah, we definitely did. It's not that hard. And so for some reason, my boss was like, okay, fine, you can go. So I went in, um, I'm walking towards the show, and this guy starts following me, and he says, oh, excuse me, excuse me, um, I just, I really like your style, I have this blog, it's called The Sartorialist, my name's Scott Schumann, and I just stopped dead And you were like, tracks. I've heard of it. I was like, no, this is not happening <laughs> right now. Um, and so he tried to take my picture, and he was like, oh, the light's not really right, will you wait for me until after the show? And I'm like, I guess, you know, I'm very important. <laughs> and so I waited for him, and when he came out, um, he took the picture, and I didn't even notice that he was there. Um, and then he put it on his blog. Do you the remember next what day. you were wearing? Yes, um, I was wearing pretty much all vintage, like little uh, moccasin loafers that were vintage that I'd bought on like Etsy for like twenty bucks or something that were too small. And it was freezing outside. There was like snow all over the ground. I'm totally dressed incorrectly. Um, wearing a big vintage um, gray skirt, a big A-line vintage blue coat, and a little vintage sweater. Um, very A-line, like very like the Marc Jacobs show that they just showed in New York. Um, and it was just amazing. Um, the next day I went into work and the creative director at my company emailed me the photo because, of course, she was looking on his site every no day. Way. And I thought she'd be like, what were you doing not at work yesterday? And she <laughs> just said, looking good, kid. And I was like, oh, phew, I'm safe. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he took my number then because he was like, I like your style. Maybe we could try and shoot some other time. But that was really it until um, a few months later. I had then quit my job at Calypso. And um, this was in 2014. So it was right around when Instagram was becoming so huge. Mm. And um, I really loved being an assistant designer and I love designing. Um, It's just when you're an assistant, you know, it's a lot of emailing and following up on things. And I was feeling kind of just like not creative enough. Um, And so what I would do to kind of take advantage of that hour on the train is I would just sit and sketch. And then when I got off the train, snap a pic, throw it up there, and it was great to get an immediate reaction, you know. And after a few months of that, brands started reaching out to me and saying, could you do an illustration for our denim brand or could you do this or that? And so I I got one job that was the exact amount of my rent. It paid $750. Jackpot. Yes. I called my dad. I was like, dad, I'm going to quit my job because I got one job and it pays my rent. So I'm good. And he's like, Jenny, you need to make more than just your rent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I mean, I quit Calypso and I had no real plan. I didn't know how it was going to work out. And it's great because you look back and you're like, God, I could only do that, you know, when I was young. And I was just like, whatever, you know, I'm just going to do it. Um, And so I started just illustrating and hustling and just doing any illustration job that I could find. Um, And I met up with Scott again at the next fashion week in September. And um, 
I went to, um, I, I saw him and I was like, okay, you know, he was like, let's take a photo. Um, and we walked around trying to take a photo and we ended up just talking for hours and hours. And it was so nice. And I think we both kind of realized that maybe there was something there. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it was amazing, and we really connected over that fashion week, and and it was just a dream. Um, but then at the end of fashion week, he had to go on to London, Milan, and Paris, and I had to go back to Philadelphia, where I was currently um, freelance designing at Anthropology at their headquarters. Oh. So I'm all sad in Philly, you know. I've just found this love, and now it's gone. <sighs> it's gone off to Europe. And he texts me, and he goes do you have a passport? And I'm like, what? Because also, I'm a girl from New Jersey who has never been to Europe in her life, never been outside the US. And I'm like, yes, for some reason, my parents got me a passport when I was like 10. And um, he's like, if I asked you to, could you be in Milan in two days? And I was like, and everyone around me at at, um, Anthropology was like, go, go, get out of here, go. Like, oh my God, this is from a movie. I know. Yeah. They're like pushing me I out the no door. I had no idea that this is how it happened. No, totally. me neither. It was insane. So I quit my job, fly to Milan, meet him there during Milan Fashion Week. I met him at the Armani Hotel, which is then later, a few years later, where we got engaged. And... Um, it was incredible. I mean, it was my first time in Europe. I made all the mistakes. I like took one of those taxi guys that like you're not supposed to take at the airport. That's like, do you want a taxi? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing at any point. Um, he took me to Venice between Milan and Paris. Oh my god! I mean, he was just like, how it's can a I? Fairy tale. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know those existed. You he... know, like all, normally all, all the men are gay. Like, I, yeah, right. I'm still <laughs> single, waiting for my spot. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. Um, yeah, and then we went on to Paris, and when we got back to New York, I mean, I basically moved in with him. We started working on everything together. He was working on his third book at the time, so um, I basically threw myself into that and was like, I can help you. I can help you, you know, lay out a book. And um, yeah, now it's been about four years. We've been together ever since. One of fashion's power couples. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we love working together. It's it's really fun. You know, I never really met somebody before that I even wanted to be in, like, such a long-term, important relationship. I never had, you know, big, long-term, important relationships or anything like that. I'm super um, independent. But there's just something that clicks with us, and we're able to work together as well as be together as a couple. So it's very lucky. So cool. Yeah. It's so funny that one of the queens of street style ends up with... <laughs> The creator yeah. of Street Star, because I feel like he's yeah. one of the first to turn that into a thing, because I'm, I feel the same way about his work. Yeah. He was one of the first people to photograph me when I first was blagging my way into fashion yeah. <laughs> And I remember the reason why it was so cool at the time is that even your male friends that had nothing to do with fashion would follow his work. Follow so you'd, had a, you'd have a random email from some guy like who was a lawyer and a friend of yours who'd be like oh my god cam you're on the street ah, right and you'd be like no, yes, no I, I like massively owe him one basically yeah, yeah. same we all do yeah i mean i definitely <laughs> do <laughs> i definitely do thanks god <laughs> yes <laughs> but dressing is still a huge part of what you do even though you're an illustrator i feel oh, like definitely. you're very known for your style definitely and it's something that i've always just been super interested in i think it started with my mother it was a combination of a few things um she used to watch a lot of old movies and it was me and I have two sisters so we just sit around and watch Betty Davis movies and Barbara Stanwyck movies and I just fell in love with the idea of these women and the way that they just glided across a room it was so incredible and just I think when you're young makes such an impression on you you Mm -hmm. can't believe that 
just goddess women there like this exist. There is something very old Hollywood about you. The well, you, yeah. that's why your style is so unique because it's so timeless. Oh, thank you. I really no, <laughs> yeah, but I really you. mean that. Yeah, and it's not just because you wear vintage. I think it's the way you put things together. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky because you. I. I mean, I shop vintage because most of my life I have had barely any money so it was just out of a necessity right. um, and I wanted to wear certain things but obviously I couldn't afford to shop anything more than Zara really so I was like how can I shop in a way that's still unique and so for me I've always shopped extremely vintage another thing that my mom did is she brought us to flea markets antique markets wow. she'd whip that car around anytime there was a yard sale like we would stop anywhere and um, she would give me and my sisters five bucks and she would be like okay go you know find what you can and make it work out of that and we just loved it as a challenge can you can you tell us your best places to vintage shop in new york i feel like that's a great tip if anybody's going over totally um i i actually do the majority of mine on um etsy i love etsy oh, i'm interesting. also i've never shopped on etsy i love etsy people think that it's just craft for me it's, it's more not. interior I, I look i look for mirrors and stuff on there oh interesting i weirdly bought a doll on etsy the other oh day. my god amazing a doll <laughs> it's a long story for a different day it wasn't for me you do doll monica i thought our relationship was great how dare you that's so funny yeah. no i mean the thing is i i tried to shop vintage for a long time in New York and I have bought some beautiful things but the problem with it's not a problem the tricky part about shopping vintage in person is that it is such luck of the draw I mean you mm. go into a store the chances that they're going to have something that not only works for you aesthetically but also is your size I mean it's one yeah. size that you're finding there it's very very difficult to do in person yeah. I, go, I do go to Beacon's Closet a lot because it's just cheap and I like it and it's totally random you have people in fashion selling their stuff so you can find higher things um, but then just a lot of old things from the 60s or 70s that I love too um, and then I go to the flea market sometimes on the weekend the Brooklyn flea market is pretty good um, but honestly, I usually do a mix of Etsy for more true vintage, and then I do a lot of the real real as well for more designer. I mean, I've bought so much Prada. You know, I'll buy. I'm the, wearing Prada the, today. Yeah, me too. The Prada skirt I'm wearing is vintage, and it was like fifty dollars on Etsy, wow. and I was just like incredible. So I do so much That's of a good that. Tip. Yeah, and I also think you know I've been looking a lot into sustainability, and I think as somebody in fashion, you just have to nowadays. You have to Definitely. be aware. And um, it's really true that the most sustainable thing you can do is really shop vintage and take care of the clothes that you love and then resell them and instead of just throwing them out. Repair them. Yeah. I noticed on your Instagram you repaired yes. a pair of, what was it? A I, pair of your shoes. I've, yes, a pair of my shoes that my dog ate. My dog Charlie <laughs> ate part of my Mansour Gabrielle shoes, which was very rude of her. Um, but she, don't, she can't read, so she didn't know that they were such a nice brand. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about Charlie. Oh my God, Charlie's the love of my life. She, uh, besides Scott. <laughs> She's um, a two-year-old beagle, and I basically wanted a beagle my entire life. When I was like 10, I spent all of my money, which was $20, mm -hmm. at Barnes & Noble buying how-to beagle books, mm -hmm. and I presented them to my parents, and I was like, so I've read all of the literature, and I'm now ready to have a dog. <laughs> and they were like, that's so cute, but we're more of cat but people. No. <laughs> so they didn't. I couldn't get one. So finally one day, because um, Scott and I work for ourselves, so we work out of our apartment, and he goes, you know, we could get a dog and I was like oh, you're, this is the first time in my life somebody's been like you know we actually could get one I immediately got her um, but yeah she's amazing she's really great 
Um, an undisclosed source this morning told me that I should ask you about how you prepare to be a dog mom because apparently you really... You said you read all the books, but actually there was no real knowledge there whatsoever. A lot of research. Is this Scott? This yeah. is Scott. I cannot it? confirm or deny the identity so, of this person. Charlie's amazing, but she's also like, I feel like people's first children are sometimes maybe a little bit messed up because like they're figuring it out as they go, you know? Like she's definitely got a lot of issues as well. She's beautiful. Yeah, but she's beautiful. I mean, I'm not, we I haven't actually out. met her, but I... Follow her with great enthusiasm. No, she's fantastic. What's her handle again? Charles Von Barks. Charles Von Barks a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a real keeper. But she's yeah, beautiful. Yes, she she's eaten a few pair of shoes, but uh, we learned at a certain point just you know keep the shoes away. So right now she's waiting for you in New York. Yes. And you are you doing the full fashion circuit? So we're London today. You're going to Milan. Yes, Milan is my favorite. Milan is my favorite city. A lot of Why? people in fashion Why? are like, no, I don't like Milan. And I I think they're crazy. Um, I'm just a huge Prada geek. I love Prada. I love Mucia. I love all of the amazing new Prada things in the city, like the Prada Foundation and all of the Marqueses. I mm. saw that you guys are getting one here, which is amazing. Scott and I walked by it the other night. Um, but yeah, we just, we love that city. The people are so nice. There's a warmness to it. Um, it's, it's really great to watch the... I guess older generation, you would say, walk mm. around Milan who still really get dressed up. Absolutely. It's just ah. so inspiring. There's just something about the Milanese people that I am just so in love with. They ride their yeah. bicycles around. It's yeah. just, I'm sure I am romanticizing it in some ways, but I just love it. No, I don't think so because I, being French living in London, I do find that that's like the Italian slash French way of life. You know, it's quite simple. Yeah. Like pared back and the things that are yeah. that mean a lot are what eating, right? Being well dressed, family, family, yes. and you really do feel that when you're there. You mm. do, and I just love it. And it's so different from New York. I mean, I love New York and I love living there, but Milan is just this beautiful, magical mm. place. And mm. I get to go to Prada, so that's... and I agree with you. The women a generation older than us just so beautifully, so and the men kept, yeah, and the men as well. Do you think that Instagram has affected the way we dress in a big way? I mean, often designers get accused of designing for Instagram. You know, clothes have to be loud yeah. to be noticed. Totally. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you know Scott and I have been talking about it because we were wondering why sometimes it seems like things are a bit piled on now. You know, we were looking back in his archives at things, images maybe from like 10 years ago and we're like, wow, there's just something a little bit more simple or pared back about it that's kind of beautiful and soft. Um, and I'm sure it's just, you know, we're reacting to the world we live in now in so many different ways. But I even feel it because I scroll through my Instagram constantly and faster and faster and I'm quickly saving things, seeing things, not even realizing that I'm, you know, taking that in. And I think a lot of us are just seeing so many images and thinking, yeah, I'll get that coat and put it on top of that other mm. coat and then I'll get that crossbody and then I'll put seven berets in my hair and like it'll be great and I'll be, you know, checking all the I'll be checking yeah. all the boxes of every, you trend. know, trend. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy with all of that craziness coming at us all the time right now to just get super just saturated in all of it and not be able to find ourselves within it, which is why I try and make a very clear conscious effort so for example how I 
kind of went around in January. I always do a bunch of, okay, let me rethink, you know, for the new year. Mary Kondo. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I am really, I don't know who does the account, but there's an account called What Muchia, and it's basically <gasps> What Muchia wore. It. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I'll show you. It's so good. And it's just like chronicles of like her outfits and some of her. Muchia um, herself. Yeah, of Muchia, like Ooh. herself. And I think she just has the best style. And then yeah, they also does. have some of um, the stylist and her longtime friend, Manuela Pavasi, as well. And um, I just went through and I screenshotted all my favorite Muchia looks that she was wearing, made a folder on my desktop, and I was like, this is my style icon. And this is like my home base. This is my, you know, true north. And this is what I'm staying with. And things might kind of come in and out of that. But I think it's really helpful to be like, this is my source, you know, this is like my... But it's true what yeah. you're saying, because if you think about style icons the way we used to have them, like a Lady Diana, a Jane Birkin, mm-hmm. um, yeah. these women... Uh, the late could... Lee Rad as well, who just died yesterday. Right. Yeah, but these women, I think if you take their head off the picture and you just keep the outfit, you recognize immediately, immediately sure. who you're talking about or right. who you're looking at. And there's a simplicity right. in all these outfits that nowadays I think is a bit lost yeah yeah definitely yeah and just a uniqueness that's something that made them their own you know once Mm. I started analyzing all the Muchia photos I realized my god I've got to buy socks I've got to buy a lot of (laughs) knee-high socks I've got to buy hosiery like yes like these are her I've got to buy a little doctor's bag I've like these are I've got I need a pair of platform sandals and I need like (laughs) and you start to kind of checklist and connect the dots and like these you know this is what I really love so it's very helpful to pare down and that's a tricky thing to do right now but or curate for lack of a better word yeah like sift sift through all of that there's a lot of noise there's a lot of noise and also I think sometimes people get annoyed about Instagram and I'm like you know what at the end of the day you choose who you follow so if you want to follow these girls that just stare seductively into the camera in every single post and are very you know (laughs) and you're just like kind of god I'm over this I feel like I'm not actually connecting with her like unfollow like don't give her the power then like follow somebody who's who connects with you don't hate follow yeah like you know what hate following is yeah yeah just just to to like just to yeah i mean honestly my number one accounts and the ones that i'm the most engaged with are all like old style inspiration accounts i'm pretty sure i follow give us some shouts i'm sure i'm sure i follow like every audrey hepburn account ever created so like go through who i follow and you'll find all of them um mamucho is an amazing one one. so good a stylist Um, friend of mine uh, introduced me to that recently i don't know it it's brilliant it's, it's amazing. Really nice. It's so good. Um, Simplicity City is fantastic yeah, as well. I, I just love the ones that bring up. 90s Coma. I'm like really into Yeah. I like 90s Coma too. <laughs> I'm just like really into all the old movie stars and yeah. old celebrities and like what they used to look like before the camera was turned on them so much. Right. Before you had to project a version of yourself every day and that like actually it's what people caught of you yeah and you know what like don't feel the pressure if it's not coming to you just like don't don't do it you know like stay true to yourself there's so much noise right now that I think you almost get more credit by just being true to you do you ever feel the need to switch off from Instagram totally I mean especially after a fashion month or something where I'm just like go 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 and I'm seeing so much every day it feels amazing to go home and just decompress from that for a few weeks (sighs) 
and you need it. You know, a lot of times I might see a show and be like, I don't really get that. You know, uh, that's kind of weird. And then a month later, I'm like, oh, you know, it's actually kind of growing on me now. You know, I've had a moment to like sit with it and digest. Yeah, process it. But yeah, like don't feel that pressure that you have to react to everything and every cent, every second, you know. What do you look forward to here in London? I'm curious what your um, brands are. I I mean, to be honest, I'm such a Simone Rocha freak. Yeah, um, she's she's just my everything. And I just so connect with that brand and the world that she creates and the way she does up the models and everything. It's just such a beautiful fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. Chloe was there last night. Um, it was just, it's just... I love, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying. It's such a unique point of view. Yeah. Like the coolest girl in town or the, the it girls are not like, yes, I'm wearing Simone Rocha. Because they're these, sometimes they're these ridiculous big gowns and yeah, things, like, you know? Yeah, they're not like, here's my belly button and here's my like <laughs> thigh high slit. Like, no. Um, but they're so unique and they're so her. Oh, and yeah. I love that she slowly progresses as well. Like in the show we just saw, she introduced blue for the first time and blue is my favorite color. And I was like, oh. I'm dead. You know, it's like, finally, there's some blue. Um, and it was just amazing. She's just doing this like slow build, which I kind of love. Um, and it's really great and really unique for sure. Yeah. And um, I'm just coming off of New York, which was a really crazy week for me. And New York seems like it's got some real new talent. Yes, it does. My favorite new-ish designer I think this was his second uh, his second presentation was Christopher John Rogers it was so mm. beautiful he's a young guy and um, he showed in this little space on Canal Street one night it was like at like 9pm I was like and it was snowing I was like god I can't believe I'm leaving my apartment at 9pm I can do this though you know so I go and um, fashion problems oh yeah. yes so <laughs> difficult and um, because you know sometimes you go to presentations they're not so good they're not oh, all great no, no, you know so I'm like ah, let's see how this was. It was incredible. I mean, he's like, I think he's in Brooklyn based, but it was like a downtown couturier kind of vibe. Like you imagine this cool. downtown club kid throwing cool. together these like beautiful gowns and the models were all so beautiful and it had such a great vibe of just like everybody in there knowing each other and being so positive and happy. And it just felt like such a new kind of thing. Um, and it was so just elegant um, in in the similar way that the Mark show was as well. So this season was super incredible for me because I've been a huge fan of Mark Jacobs for my whole life. And when I was in school at Parsons and he went to Parsons and it was just like such a major thing for me to, to be walking the same halls that he did. And um, so finally I was invited to his show and it was incredible. It, it was, was an amazing. It show, was wasn't like it? life changing. It's nice also to watch your enthusiasm because obviously we didn't go this season to New York, right. but watching people like you on social media that really convey how fun it is to go to yes. a show that it's not yeah. just like work. It's not uncool. It. It's not uncool to be enthusiastic. No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, so, okay, so this, I'll give you the rundown, but if you go to my page, I put the stories from Mark and my highlights on my profile yeah, cool. so that you can relive me having an emotional breakdown again and again. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, and it's in the Park Avenue Armory, which it usually is in, and there's been one show a half hour before us at 6, and I'm at the 6.30 show. So people are posting from the sixth show. So I'm like not looking at social because I'm like, no, 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 I can't. It can't be ruined for me. I have to experience this in person. People are texting me. I'm like, don't, don't send a picture. I can't. I can't see it. <laughs> so finally at 630, they lead us in 
And it's just pitch black inside, super dark, very, very small runway of just a few um, stools or bar stools on a kind of mirrored glass, very short runway and darkness everywhere else. And there's this ominous, deep, dark voice filling the space. And it's just saying, the show is about to start. Please take your seat immediately. Love and I'm it. like, oh my God, my heart rate, you know, is going up and up and up. <laughs> Find my seat, sit down. And I, you know, I'm sitting down for like one minute before, boom, all the lights go down. And then one spotlight comes up far across the armory on um, a string ensemble and they start playing music. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm starting to get chills. And I'm focusing my camera on them. Now at this point, I'm like, wow, I really should have watched social so I'd understand how to correctly um, portray this on and, you know, know where the models are coming from, but it's Mm. fine. You'll experience it with me. (laughs) And so I'm focused in on the string ensemble and then there's just darkness all around us. And then boom, the, the first model walks right in front of us. It's like she came out of nowhere and a spotlight comes down on her because half of the armory was just darkness. So it was the models walking in darkness until the moment they hit That's us. That's so cool. And then boom, the spotlight hit them. They walk on this very short runway, spotlight following them. And then boom, it goes off at the end. And then the next one comes and they just keep coming. And it was just, I started crying because I just couldn't believe that I was that I'm able to be in a position to be able to share that with people and that I'm in such a privileged position. I mean, I got maybe 500 DMs after that show of people from all over the world being like, I'm on my morning commute. I'm taking my kids to their school right now and I'm crying watching this. Like, thank you so much for making my, you know, Friday or my Monday morning or like whatever. And I might start crying right now. I know, but it's just so beautiful. And it's like, that is the... Whatever you want to say around around social or Instagram or whatever, like the fact that me being there and just being open and honest about how I was feeling, experiencing such beauty and, and a theatrical, you know, thing in person made so many people connect with it and moved people all over the world. And that's crazy. Like, But that's because you're the dream showgirl. I think like so many people are blasé and have kind of lost, mm. the, you know, the, the spark. Yeah, I think if you do anything for too long, you just kind of get used to it. I mean, Tim Blank's review of The Mark Show, though, started with he's back. You know, not that he's ever gone anywhere, but he's back. Yeah. Like that was an incredible moving show. Christy Turlington walked in it and, and all the PR girls for Mark afterwards were like, we cried too. Mark did a post saying that he cried as well. Oh like, my God. We all oh. cried. I don't know how you couldn't cry. It was something, you know, and you can watch the full video of it online, but with the strings going and they're going faster and faster as the girls are coming out and just the spotlights and, and people were asking me, what's your favorite look? I was like, "It's I love that A-line shape and I think it's amazing, but it's not even about a look. It was just about oh such God. a moment, you know, yeah. like. So the fashion show is not dead. No. no, my God, no. And may it never die. Yes. I think it's such an important part of our industry. And yes, there are people who say it should be wasteful. And I think we need to be looking at like paper invitations and stuff. But the fashion show is how we actually, sorry, I've just like jumped in here, but I have something I want to say. <laughs> yeah. The fashion show is how we actually like communicate face to face and we need to not lose that. And how we become inspired and like be in the moment if you're at that show and be inspired and share yeah. it with your followers and like bring yeah. them along with you because yeah. like you are so lucky that you're in a position to be there. Like if you it, don't show the absolutely. hell out of that with everybody on absolutely. the internet, like you're doing a disservice to that position that you've been put in. And we are so lucky to be there. For sure. And we must never lose that childlike sense of wonder that, like, I definitely had. 
I mean, I still have it in really important shows, yeah. as you say. But the first, remember the first like year you went to fashion shows? Yes. Back? I mean, I remember I was at Parsons and I somehow finagled my way into like a standing ticket at Anna Sui and I was like dying. I right. was like, yeah. ah, I'm not a show. It's happening. My first fashion show, I think, was the Jean Paul Gaultier one. But it was, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was one, really, I was one of the, I was doing a, it's fun. I was a, one of the girls seating VIPs. Oh my God. So I like oh got to, cause I spoke English. So I got to yeah. seat the VIPs of Catherine Deneuve and like all oh. of his actresses, you know, Oh, how exciting. And because I was up there until then, they let me stand and watch it. And That's it was the amazing. year that they passed in France, La Loi Evin, that prevented smoking in public spaces. So the first oh. model that walked came out smoking <laughs> a cigarette because he's such a provocateur. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, God, I love <laughs> I was like, you see, fashion is political too. Amazing. And I just loved it. And I remember yes. like, and I was young, I was maybe 16. And I just remember thinking like, you see, people just think it's this superficial thing. But actually, it's also a way of making a stance and mm. getting a point across. Absolutely. Well, do you think, Jenny, that fashion is or should be political? Um, I mean, I'm such a, I'm in it for the beauty of it, yeah. that it's not, somebody asked me today, they said, did you, do you ever want, write anything negative about any brands? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're just a happy And person. I said, you know what? And they go, do you ever dislike things? And I say, sure, I, I definitely dislike things. And then yeah. I just don't post them. Because it just seems like there's not enough. To, also, you know, I'm not the fashion critic for the New York Times or right. anything. You know, and I think who other, was on the last episode? Yes, by the way. I know. I love Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. And <laughs> yes. uh, no, she's amazing. We're sorry you have a really hard job. <laughs> she does because she. I mean, she does have to really be tough on I it. I know. I'm lucky enough to be like, you know what? There's so much noise out there. Like, I just want to present the best of the best than the thing and and the things that I'm passionate about and that I love. Yeah. And so that's kind of more. I I do think it is important to show a reflection of the times and if you're not paying attention to what's happening in the world and you put out a show and and you're you can have a bad backlash then because you know you didn't take certain things into consideration mm-hmm. um like the Eddie Sleeman show which was on the same day as the Kavanaugh hearing and I think you know that wasn't that. great right yeah because it was so funny that like people made that connection but I suppose Phoebe being the feminist right. that she is, women well, just... Phoebe would... really was a woman dressing women to be strong. Themselves, And yeah. independent, and themselves, and not just to be, you know, there for men's viewing pleasure. And it just felt so ironic. Totally, and that's, that's a great example of where you need to be tuned in. You don't have to be political per se, but, right. like, you need to know what's going on. Or, like, you know, people were upset with the Tom Brown because the models were very restricted right. and walking very slow, and it just felt very restrictive in a, in a moment where women want to and do feel very liberated and are very conscious about, you know, being in the looks that they can't yeah, move in. You were in. saying and, something earlier yeah, to us about, tricky. like, I, 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 we were not recording, but I think mm. we should talk about it, about how maybe women don't want to dress pretty anymore. Right. Because that's what their mums and their grandmas used to do. And, now- and yet, Jenny, you do it so well, being a very strong woman. Like, how do you marry those two ideas? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have to dress for yourself. So re- really try to figure out how you really feel and what you what really makes you feel good to wear and not that you're just reacting to something. But I, w- I was saying that, yeah, I think it makes sense that a lot of women aren't into dressing pretty, right? right now because pretty just feels so 
your mother or your grandmother and, and it feels like they were very restrained and not given a lot of the opportunities that you want. And so, of course, you don't want to just go down that same old route. So I totally understand women who don't want to wear heels because they want to be able to keep up with men and not be, mm. you know, slowly walking behind them. Or if anything feels restrictive to you, like, I get it. Don't wear it, you know? Um I like heels because I'm short and they actually do make me feel good. But, you know, when I'm walking around the city most days, no, I'm not wearing heels. I'm just wearing Converse or whatever. But, you know, I also like to dress up sometimes, too. So you have to do what's right for you and what makes you feel beautiful and fantastic. And maybe it goes back to your references as well. Like I grew up watching so many old movies. So to me, something about putting on a beautiful dress, like it just feels so wonderful and glamorous. And I think of those women as empowering and strong. I don't think of them as, you know, victims or, or anything like that. Um, But yeah, it's a very tricky time. I understand why women don't want to just be pretty. You know, I get that. Yeah. I don't think it has to be. A, uh, I think the other big issue that problem, we have at though. the moment in fashion is the sustainability angle, that it's difficult to... It's so difficult right now. You know, I, I did a post in stories asking my followers because... So I personally, and a lot of people don't know this, but a few years ago, I completely stopped wearing... Um, I used to wear vintage fur mm. and and vintage feathers. And I always thought in my head, oh, it's fine. You know, they're vintage. And I do think that that is fine. But once I started working with Scott and I started going to Fashion Week and started getting my photo taken, I started thinking, my God, these photos are going all over mm. and they might be in Elle magazine or wherever. And I'm not there to be like, oh, but that's a vintage fur. Yeah. You know, so it's actually why I stopped wearing fur. I stopped wearing fake fur. I stopped wearing feathers. Um... And it's tricky because I even sometimes don't want to report on those things because I, I'm vegetarian myself. It's it's more of my kind of personal stance. Um, but I'm not super into that. So, but you know, then you go to something like the Mark Show, and there are a lot of feathers. But it's so incredible what they create, and I can't help but show that beauty, and it is inspiring to me. Mm. Um, so anyway, I asked my followers about any good vegan leather options because I was like, maybe I'd like to explore that. You know, things like, you know, we all know Stella, obviously, mm. Stella Manushka, McCartney. Manushka. Right. But I thought, you know, what else is out there? And so I asked people, and they sent me a few brands, but honestly, the results were incredibly depressing because most brands right now that are doing vegan are just marketing it as vegan and it's all plastic Mm. and it is even worse Worse, for the environment. And then in that point, I think, well, you know what? I'm just going to keep buying my vintage Prada shoes from the real real because it's the best thing I can do because leather takes 50 years to break down whereas it takes 500 years for that fake plastic Mm. leather to break down. And so many websites... Right. And so many websites that say, oh, here's our new vegan leather line. They don't even disclose what it is. When it says materials, it just says 100% vegan leather. That's not a thing. You have to say if it's, you have to say what that material is. And most times if they're not saying it's some form of plastic and it's, it's even worse for the environment. So you really do have to just look into these things and you have to just be questioning each thing. And this is where I say my stance right now is to buy vintage and is to, to do a little bit more of that where I can, um, but you, you really, you, we're at a point where you, you have to start thinking about the planet and you have to start thinking about each, each um, you know, thing you're doing. And whether it is wearing fur, whatever it is, think of all the consequences that go with that for our planet, for everything. You know, just be well informed. Amazing. Yeah. Should we end on that? On that note. <laughs> I just feel like that's quite a not uh, yeah. message. It yeah. is. Yeah. Focused, conscious, 
but still no, enjoy you fashion can enjoy it, as much as Jenny You can Jenny enjoy does. it, but you can yeah. enjoy it in a, exactly. in a conscious way. Yeah, exactly. you absolutely can. What are we doing next? Next, we are going to go see the Peter Palato show. <laughs> yes. Whoop, whoop. Amazing. Whoop. Okay. Well, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for Such coming. a pleasure. You're both really icons to me. So. Aww. Uh, this is a major are moment. As you, oh, Jenny Walton. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and as is Von Barks a lot. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Oh, it's so nice to speak to someone who's so enthusiastic and genuinely happy and enjoying everything, don't you think? Yes. I find her her energy really infectious. Me she too. makes me kind of want to climb into her world. and She put me in a good mood for the rest of the show. Yeah, no, I love Jenny. She's amazing. If you don't follow her on Instagram, at Jenny Walton. Follow her now. And that's all for us today. As usual, um, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Fashion no Filter. Slide into those DMs or on email, fashionofilter at gmail.com. If you have any questions or suggestions or if you want to intern for us because we have a lot of work yes, that needs doing. Especially if you're a young journalism student. Yeah. Fashion students, great to... Um, journalism students with a tiny bit of technical skills possibly the ideal of all ideal interns um so don't hesitate to email us and also don't forget to rate and review us on itunes because the more you do the more of these we can make thank you see you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.